there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Rivers Casino. And we are here in the sun of Clearwater, Florida, the Phillies' first full squad workout here at spring training. And you know, they have gotten so close the last two years, they want to close the deal. And I'm told in the team meeting with the entire team, the owner, John Middleton, he told the team the same thing he told Ryan Howard 15 years ago, get that bleeping trophy back. John told the team, it is time. And he didn't just mention one. He wants to win multiple World Series. And JT Real Muto told me he mentioned the word dynasty. Well, the Phillies have all the pieces to do it. They've gotten close the last couple years. They say they're hungry. And they have everybody here ready to go. Remember, Bryce Harper was hurt last year. He didn't come back for the first month and a half or two months of the season. And they have some of their new guys, Trey Turner and Taiwan Walker. They had to go to the WBC. Everybody is here. Everybody's ready to go. So enjoy these conversations with Phillies president Dave Dombrowski, Phillies second baseman Bryson Stott, and starting pitcher Taiwan Walker. They are all hungry. All right, we are here with Phillies president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski, and this is a beautiful view out here in Clearwater, isn't it? It is a beautiful view. It's uh, one you look forward to seeing every single day. And whenever I have my Zoom calls here and the background is there. Everybody will always tell me, you win the award for the nicest <laughs> background anywhere because everybody's always looking at it and, and just in a majestic perspective of seeing a baseball stadium in spring training. They get a little jealous. They want to be here. Yes, they do. Yeah, and, and I, I know you can't wait to see your team out here on the field. And it's interesting because a lot of people in Philly say, well, I wanted to see the Phillies do something more. But you already have all these great players, and maybe it's run it back kind of thing. Um, do you feel that it's beneficial to bring back the same team? And you're getting some guys here for the entire season, like Bryce Harper, and some guys were at the WBC, but now they're all going to be together coming out of the gate. Do you think that that's beneficial? Well, I think it's beneficial if you have a good team. Yeah, <laughs> I do think we have a good team. And we don't have gaping holes on our club. Once we signed Aaron Nolan, I know people kind of Take that for granted. That was done in November, and he was part of the club last year, even though he was a free agent. You're in a position where when you start looking at the, the ball club, well, almost every spot is filled, especially if you're going to give the young players an opportunity, which I do think we need to do because we have some very talented youngsters. But when you start looking at the club all in all, the drawing power itself without any major additions, when you start talking about people like Harper and Turner and Schwarber and Riamulto and Wheeler and Nola, you're talking about some of the best players that people come to see play anywhere in the game. So we have a good club, and I'm very excited to get them out here on the field and watch them play. Yeah, and Trey Turner, obviously, first year in Philly, you know, Took a little while to get comfortable with everything. It's not going away to the WBC this year. How much more comfortable do you think he'll be from the get-go? I think he'll be very a, a lot more comfortable. 
And, and it kind of comes with the territory of almost any major free agent you sign or even players you acquire in trades. When they have to make that transition and there's a lot of focus on them, they still like to get comfortable in an environment. Everybody's new. They don't know the situation, don't know where to go, don't know the coaching staff, don't know the teammates. Usually that second year, that's a much more comfortable feeling. For example, today we're just sitting downstairs in the clubhouse to, in the coach's office and talking. I said, gee, because I, I, I haven't seen Trey so far. I know he's here. So I, I heard Trey Turner's here and they said, oh, God, gosh, he was so good in the drills today. He just looked outstanding over the last couple of days. So a little different even tone than last year because here's a new guy coming in and he's trying to make a make a presentation to everybody and be in that position. So the comfort zone is much more important. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to have a superb year for us. And he was pretty honest with us yesterday about his defense. He said he was brutal last year. And there's some adjustments I believe he's making with your coaches and stuff like that. Rob Thompson, like you just said, said he looked great defensively with the adjustments. What kind of adjustments are there to help him get better defensively? Well, it's some that he would work with Bobby Dickerson, of course, on. And Larry Bow is out here during spring training, too, so he was on the field with him. But it's just an overall manner of how he goes about catching the ball and approaching the ball in his ready position and set position. So things – and I think what's always difficult, it's the same way. The coach is getting to know the player last year, so they don't know one another – and you're feeling your way and how you, you talk about things. And Trey's a very intelligent individual, too, and, of course, a very good player. So sometimes you're not as receptive to suggestions at that particular point. And at this time, that's all through. They're over that. They know one another. So making the little type of adjustments and how he might go after a ball in his preparation in that regard, how he picks a ball, I, I think those are things that will come much easier for them to do this year. All right, and you had another addition. You're constantly building with this club and adding to this club. Uh, what does Whit Merrifield bring to the Phillies, and why was he so attractive to you? Well, we're thrilled to have him on board because for us it's a situation where uh, he fits the needs of our club. It's been a long process for us because we haven't had guaranteed playing time for really any individual because of the youth on our club and trying to give him an opportunity and positional player-wise with Rojas. But for us, with a guy like Whit Merrifield, he's a good player, first of all. Um, he can play a variety of positions. Being a right-hand hitter, his really two best positions are second base and left field. And if Rojas makes it, that means Marsh is playing left field. And not that we're looking, there are no type of platoon, per se, situations. But normally, if you're going to rest Stott or you're going to rest Marsh, it's going to be versus a tough left-hander. And you got you have a guy like Merrifield that can go play second base and left field. He's a winner. And I think for a club that's a good club like ours, when you can add veteran people to your bench that you know are not going to crumble under tough situations, um, he'll play hard, he'll play right, adds a speed dimension. I think he's just the right guy for our club to, to bring in and add to us. And, and is it also a little insurance if Johan Rojas isn't able to stay above water hitting-wise? It does uh, protect us in that regard. I have actually felt more comfortable than most that if we had Pache out there versus left-hand pitching, that he would be fine because he's such an outstanding defensive player too. But in Merrifield's case, he definitely brings more offense in, in that situation. So it does protect us a little bit. And not only if he doesn't make it, but if we have injuries, he can protect us in a lot of different positions. And Johan Rojas, you're talking about a young, exciting player and defensively, Absolutely amazing. Obviously, offensively in the postseason, 
It was not what anybody wanted to see. He told us that he was basically hitting all offseason. What can be done with him getting better offensively, getting into a comfort zone and, and adjustments there? Well, I think his situation is pretty simple um, in, in a couple of ways, and he still has to achieve that. First of all, when he came up last year, his defense was outstanding. We knew that. We are just keep looking to keep his head above water. When we were talking about him coming up, I said, can we keep his head above water rather than going out and make a major acquisition because how he, he plays defense in center field? And the feeling was, yes, we can do that. He works hard. He's got speed. He can bunt. He didn't bunt very well last year. But even if it hits the ball on the ground softly, he can beat it out. So that was our goal last year. Well, the added experience that he faced. That postseason, it's tough. You're facing good people, got in a slump. They took advantage of him. But he's in a position where with the extra just experience of being at the big league level, he did make some adjustments, and we knew he would need to make some adjustments. You'll see it when he goes out on the field on where he's holding his bat and his load in that regard. Because surprising when people see him, they don't realize how much power he has. Now, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a guy that hits 25 home runs this year, but he can drive the ball from gap to gap. And, and use his speed, and I think he'll bunt better. So I think the natural progression of the experience that he's gained at this point with the added coaching now that they've seen his swing, I think that will lead him with his work ethic to just be a better overall hitter. And we talk about comfort. Alec Bohm, we were talking to him, and, and this year he pretty much can be third baseman. Uh, Bryce is going to be at first base. How important do you think that is, just him knowing every day that he's going to be there? Well, I think it's important for Alec, and I think it's a situation for him. He did us really a favor as an organization last year, and I don't know that he'll never go to first base, but I think basically he's our third baseman day in and day out. But I think the ability to be in a position where he's going to be playing there every single day. And I, and I also just think that in his situation now with the experience he's gained, he has now become a major leaguer in his own mind and a good major leaguer. So I think he has settled in in that regard. And I, that's why he has growth. When you talk about our young players, I think he'll continue to drive in runs, drive the ball. I think he'll hit the ball with even more power. The one thing he does at an exceptional level right now, which a lot of people can't do, is drive in a run. He has the good ability to do that. So I think Bohm will, again, be another guy that's much more comfortable. He fits in here. He's in the prime of his career going into there. And I look for him having a big year for us. And Zach Wheeler, you've said it's a priority to get him re-signed just like you did with Aaron Nola. And, and it's interesting because some guys say, I don't want to talk about a contract during the season. But he's, he's like, that doesn't really bother me. That's pretty amazing about Zach Wheeler. Nothing bothers him. Um, but do you think you can get something done with him? Are you confident that, that you can get something done with him in the short term before the season? Maybe? Well, the way I would describe it is I'm hopeful. How's that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't really – it's hard to put a level one way or the other on those type of things. And so um, really don't usually say much about contract negotiations publicly. But we have acknowledged that we'd like to get this done. This is a priority for – and it really is hard to know because I've been in a position where when you're talking to somebody, you think you're going to get a deal done and it breaks apart. And sometimes you don't think you're going to get it done and all of a sudden it comes together. So – I'm optimistic and hopeful, and, and I hope that Zach Wheeler is a Philadelphia Philly for a long time. You know, like you said, a lot of people took it for granted that Aaron Nola would get re-signed, but that is a huge contract. And was there really a worry that he could go to the Braves? I mean, did that really enter the conversation? Sure, it worried me. I will say <laughs> it worried me a great deal. That, and, and not that he couldn't have gone somewhere other, other places, too, but... 
when you start talking about what you're looking to have if you're a pitcher like Aaron. You're looking for a good club. You're looking for a club that's on the East Coast for him. He's a, from, from the East Coast, somewhere that trains in Florida. He's comfortable in the setting like there. Atlanta, of course, great club. They, they support their players well, too. So, sure, I was not only worried about him going anywhere, but um, that would be a club I definitely didn't want him to go by yeah. any means. And so uh, when he agreed that he wanted to come back, it was not only did we want him back a great deal, of course, because he's such a good pitcher and he's a Philly through and through. He's the type of guy you build your organization around. But it was also a nice relief to not have him go to the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, it's fascinating that the Braves, I believe, have finished 14 games ahead of the Phillies the last two years. But in the playoffs, it's the Phillies advancing. How wild is the playoffs? Because you, you, you set up a club to win, but the playoffs, is it a crapshoot? No, I, I've never described it as a crapshoot myself. I think that sometimes you need to be fortunate during that time period. There's no question because a break here or a break there can make a difference, right? Even last year, you look at us when we're in Arizona and we're ahead of Arizona 5-2 to two, and we lo- lose that game. Well, you win that game, you're going to the World Series. That's how close it can be like that. So every little thing can make a lot more in that regard. But no, I don't think it's a crapshoot. And, and I also think that there's a way that um, clubs can excel for the long season and maybe aren't quite as good for the playoffs and vice versa. Now, we all go out there all year long trying to win our division. That's going to be our goal. And there's an advantage if you're not playing those first three games because when you go into those three games, those make me nervous because you talk about a seven-game series or five-game series, but a three-game series, anything can happen. A blue pit here, a blue pit there. But the reality is that sometimes it can make a difference when you have guys like Wheeler and Nola at the top of your rotation. And Ranger Suarez has been outstanding in the postseason. You can win a short series when you have that type of pitching much more than maybe over a 162-game season where you're not pitching those guys quite as much or you give them some extra rest. So you, you can have a different type of club in the postseason than you do have during the regular season. And obviously you are building the club for postseason. Well, you're building it. Now, again, you like to win every game you play, yeah. so you're never looking for that. But sometimes you give during the regular season to know that you're going to be more prepared for the postseason. But as we can see, there's still no guarantees because if there were, you would, no matter how you plan, you'd, you'd win all the time. Yeah. But it's still very difficult to do that. But I do think that there is planning in that regard because sometimes, remember Jim Leland always used to tell me this when we were together a long time ago. So he said, it's not always the best club in the postseason. It's the healthiest club in the postseason. So that can make a difference. And that's a great segue because I was going to ask you about the health of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. One of the things Zach said was, since you have come here, there's been changes and things done to get them to post for all their starts, to help them with their health. And you've had Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola basically almost all the time. I don't know if you can tell us specifically what you're doing to help out, but what are some of the things that that keep these guys healthy? Well, there's a lot that's involved with that, and still you have to be fortunate because anything can happen anytime. Somebody can 
walk off a curb and twist their ankle, right? And they're out, and so you never know how that goes. But I think it really comes down to it's a combination of factor and an integration of many different people and departments working together. It starts with the pitchers themselves and the work ethic that they have. It, it goes through the manager and the pitching coach that handles them a certain way, that doesn't overuse them, that gets to know them, that can work with them on their mechanics. It involves the training staff a great deal. They work with them, and they work on the particular muscular aspects that they need at times to get them ready. The conditioning staff, the same way from that perspective. And it's all of them working together. I don't think there's any magic secrets here, um, nutrition aspect of it. So all of that goes in together. And I think we have a very good system that's led by the staff here and, and put together. But I'm sure other clubs are trying to do the same thing. I, I tip my cap to the individuals that they that we have in the organization and their work ethic and knowledge. But you also have to be a little bit fortunate at times, too. A couple final questions for you. If we can look back at just how wild a season Kyle Schwarber had. Jason Stark had a great article about him being maybe the most unique leadoff hitter in the history of baseball. With the strikeouts that he had, I think he led baseball in strikeouts. But the walks, he had all the walks. And maybe his average was below 200. But should we really on the TV screen or should we pay a lot more attention to the on-base percentage than the actual average? I mean, because a, a walk does count the same as a single. Yes. And I, and I do think, I mean, you're talking about a unique individual, right? Yeah. I mean, when you talk about Kyle Schwarber, he's not, I think he's one of the, maybe the only guy in history that's done what he's done from home runs and walks and strikeouts. But I think if you're talking about a leadoff hitter, I do think the on-base percentage is more important than the batting average. Now, some positions that not necessarily so, but if you're talking about somebody that's hitting the top of the order, you want them to get on base. Now, Kyle also has the unique ability to hit the ball at the ballpark like not much hit, many yeah. leadoff hitters do. But um, you know, we've been very efficient and very good when he's let off for us. He's done a good job. And I know people can get frustrated because he does. I mean, he doesn't like to strike out as much as he strikes out. He's talked about and he's talked to me that hey, there's some things I'm going to try to do to cut it down because he has a good, nice short swing. But sometimes he gets rotational and, and gets out of his his natural tendencies to hit. But um, I do think if you're talking about a leadoff hitter, on-base percentage is much more important than batting average. Do you want Kyle leading off or do you want Trey Turner leading off? Was Trey, uh, was Trey signed to lead off? Well, he wasn't necessarily signed to lead off, but to sign to hit at the top of our order wherever the manager um, hits him. And the one thing he brings that Kyle doesn't is speed. But we have a, a club, we were just talking about if Rojas uh, makes the club. We have a very good club from a speed perspective and a defensive perspective. So it's a lot different than the traditional, let's say, powerhouse, power-hitting clubs at the Phillies and some other organizations I've been with. But to me, however it fits, the way I would answer it is whichever person hits leadoff, it's the one that I hope we win the most games with him hitting leadoff. So, um, and, and that's one I leave up to Rob Thompson. He does a lot of work on that and focuses on it. So that's his decision, and we'll live with it because he does a good job for us. Yeah. Final question for you. Do you guys study, I'm, I'm sure you do, look into, okay, maybe we haven't gotten out of the gate as quickly in April and May, and then last year you switched to Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot, boom, take off again like you did the year before with the managerial change. Is there any rhyme or reason? that you can pinpoint why that happens? Well, it's been a couple of years in a row here that we haven't done that. And we have spent some time focused on it. and talked to Rob Thompson right after the season. He has had meetings with the coaching staff. And part of it, I mean, we 
we work very hard and prepare very hard and do drills very hard. But there are some things that we've looked ourselves to see if we can be better. I think one of them last year was, a, I think, such an unusual year because with the WBC, and even though I'm an advocate of the WBC, it didn't serve us well because three of our hitters didn't get enough bats to be ready. Hoskins gets hurt right before opening day. Bryce Harper's not in the lineup. Walker and Suarez are not as ready as they would be because of that. Derek Hall gets hurt right away, as, and we felt good about Derek helping us at first base. So there were a lot of factors last year for us not getting off quickly. Um, so I do think that all of those should normally just even out for us in a natural fashion. But I think there's some things that we've talked about, okay, Maybe we need to focus on this to come out of the gate a little bit quicker. Maybe the guys need a few more at-bats. Maybe they need a few more innings here. Uh, I think at the end of the spring, Rob Thompson hopes to manage those last games more like a regular season game than he would a spring training type of game. Last year, he couldn't do that because our guys weren't ready to do that. So there are some things we can address, and hopefully it will help us get out of the gate quickly. Well, we wish you the best this year. Well, thank you very yeah. much. Appreciate it. Can't wait to see the team on this field. Me either. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Hey, celebrity cook Steve Martirano is bringing his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly, where it started. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. So make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. I've been to the one in Fort Lauderdale. I'm glad it's back in Philly. All right, we are joined by Bryson Stott, and uh, welcome back. And we saw you show up. We saw your Instagram post. You arrived. You had a little, little spittle or something, or maybe a little throw up on you. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's been good, but it's a good, good problem to have. So, how has life changed for you since having a little one? Um, it's not me and my wife anymore. Um, it's all around her, and um, my wife works out all the time, and she just can't wait to get home to to see her. And um, it's just, you never thought you could love someone so much until you have your own kids so yeah. what's the best advice you've maybe gotten from a teammate because you have a lot of teammates now who are having yeah. kids have more kids um like like i said um they're like your whole world changes you can't when you think you love something so much and then you have a little one come into the world and um yeah you're you're responsible for a human life and um i think it's awesome yeah Pretty wild for you. Uh, I think I talked to you after one of the celebrations. You had Aaron Nolan and Reese Hoskins who waited almost 10 years, whatever it was, eight or nine years to get to the playoffs. First two years in the majors, you're in the World Series and NLCS. Um, is that kind of like your expectation now because you jumped right into this? Yeah, I mean, you. I wasn't here for those those ruts that, that they were in and um, just seeing how much it meant to Nola and, and Reese and everybody that was here through those times and – um, to finally get there in, in my first year going all the way to the World Series. And um, last year being a couple hits, a couple outs away from going back in, in two times in, in two years is, is crazy to think about. And, um, yeah, I mean, you come to camp and, and you want to make the playoffs and it's just a whole different world. Um, once you hear Red October, you know it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be loud and um, – you just you want to do everything you can to to make that happen. So and it's kind of weird not having Reese here. What are you going to miss most about Reese? Um, just him as a person. Um, I mean, he was my 
my locker buddy for for the two years and um just even last year he's hurt and he was there as much as he could be and and just uplifting everybody and and letting everyone know that that he's there and if they need him he's always going to be there and um him and his wife are two of the the better people you can meet and um i couldn't be more happy for them and um him getting this opportunity and um i wish him all the best so this team has been so close world series and last year game six and game seven at home do you think there was anything about feeling the pressure, the expectation, you know, having the home games in front of such a raucous crowd and getting to the World Series? Was there anything that, I don't know, became too much or anything? No. Um, I mean, we know going home what what we're going to get, and um, I think the teams know that. And um, it's loud, it's crazy, and um, we just, like I said, came up a couple hits, a couple outs, a couple plays. Um and it's baseball, you're, you're not going to do it every year. And um, you get home and you look back and say, what if I did this? What if I did that? What if we did this? But um, in the moment, it's it's still baseball and you got to play the game that's on the field. And um, obviously all the fans yelling is, is in our favor and um, we just, just didn't get it done. So, What does it mean to you guys when you see ownership re-signing Aaron Nola and you're basically running it back with basically the same team with a lot of great players. Um, what does it mean to have that support and then to go into this year, everybody's going to be there from the get-go. Bryce is going to be there and, and there's no World Baseball Classic where guys are leaving. What does that mean? Yeah, it means a lot. Um, I think Topper said it. It's Somebody asked if we're better this year and um, I think he said it perfect. We have a healthy Bryce. We have Ranger. We have Taiwan. Um, all our USA guys not, not playing. Um, I don't think the WBC is an issue um but just having six weeks with Trey um on the half field and and kind of perfecting everything that we want of each other is is huge and uh we didn't have that last year we didn't have Bryce for for the first little bit so um I think we're in a better health state um and yeah you have everybody coming back from the last two runs and um everybody knows what it takes to get there and um just got to finish the job this time so you have worked really hard on your defense uh and and gold glove finalists moving over to second base do you set that as a goal to be a gold glover i mean you always think about it um you never want to go out and say i need this award i need this award it's it's a you award <laughs> um obviously the big picture is something like this um and you play your game and, and the balls come to you and you catch them and, and get them out and your team's playing good, you're playing good, everything at the end will kind of come. Um, it's hard to set out certain things. Obviously, you have goals and um, winning a gold glove is, is awesome and it's it's a goal of mine, but um, obviously the big trophy at the end of the year is, is the most important one. So, Some of your coaches and people have said you didn't come into the majors entitled and you know you make the switch to second base and you worked your butt off to do it. Where do you think that mentality came com- came from? Because some guys do come into the majors like, hey, I'm here, it was a first-round pick, you know, and but you're not entitled. Yeah, I think it's just um, having my brother's older than me, and he played with a lot of a lot of first-round guys and friends with a lot of people that have played in the major leagues, and um, they always just told me the second you get drafted, yeah, you're a first-rounder, and then you come to Florida or spring training, and you're a minor leaguer like everyone else. Um, 
I think that's where I kind of got it from. And um, then you step in a big league clubhouse and it's, you see the, the guys that have been in the league for 10, 11 years and um, what they went through to get there. And um, I think it's just everyone pulling on the same end of the rope, um, especially on this team. It's all about the team. It's like I said, the personal awards come after the team. And um, I think having this type of clubhouse, obviously you want, you want that and it, it really helps you coming up. So, And, and it's got to be pretty amazing when you come up to the majors and you've got Bryce Harper, you've got Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner now, uh, Nick Castellanos, and you've got all these great hitters. Is there something that you've kind of taken from them and learned from them? Yeah, just kind of their, their work um, before the game. You don't – you see everything on the field. Um, you never see anything um, behind the scenes until you play with them. So, um, I mean – me for Bryce, I've seen his kind of routine for, for a long time. But um, I think even for me in college, I would take my three rounds of BP and then I'd be ready for the game. Um, but here you, you can't do that. you got to really look at scouting reports and really look how the pitcher attacks certain hitters. And um, just where I hit in the lineup, I have two lefties in front of me that um, obviously way different types of hitters than I am. But you still see kind of their go-to strike pitch for lefty. You see their out pitch for lefty. So um, just kind of paying attention more to the game than I did in high school and college has really, really helped. So, And we've seen how you have a great eye at the plate, two-strike hitter and all that. When you look at your season, are there certain things here and there that you're still looking to get better at and, and work on? And what, what have you kind of set as a goal with those things? Yeah, I think um, – I don't want to say throw away at bats because I, I mean, obviously throughout the course of the year, you throw away some, but um, I think I kind of got out of the strike zone a little bit um, instead of taking my walks in certain, certain situations and um, just kind of being more aware that maybe they are pitching around you at a certain point. Um, Just kind of being more mindful of that. And um, I think that I, I know I could reach certain pitches and I want to swing at them. So um, it's less about me not knowing the strike zone, but it's more of me knowing that I could hit a certain pitch, even if it's a ball. So um, kind of toning that maybe in a little bit and um, not trying to hit everything and and take the walks when when they're given. So A couple of guys, we were asking what their favorite moment of last season was or where they really just had goosebumps and they talked about your moment. Your walk-up music's playing and then you hit a grand slam. And, and the video is amazing when you yeah. just hear the crowd. What were you experiencing in that moment, and, and how wild was that moment? Um, I mean, just I got to rewatch it a, quite a bit, and um, I mean, I'll open up my Twitter and still see it to this day. So, um, or X, whatever it's called. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I heard my walk of song, and I heard the singing the first time they played it, and then they had the mound visit, and then everything after that is kind of just a blur you know you want to um we were up three nothing at the time and um you know in the playoffs you want to add on and um just getting back to where we were the year before we knew the the Braves were waiting for us and um I really just wanted to get something in the air and and stay out of a double play and and kind of tack on a run at the very minimum and um got a pitch that I could hit another ball um but like I said I I could reach it and um I told Kevin I was going to sell out for a first pitch fastball, and um, yeah, he threw it. And then around the bases was 
still a blur and then kind of getting back to the the dugout was was awesome everyone just so happy and um yeah rewatching the video really really helped so i was able to kind of <laughs> feel it also that's awesome and isn't it pretty funny you're here at spring training i hear the fans up there they're, they're kind of humming or singing your walk-up music i mean that's kind of created a vibe right yeah it's it's not going anywhere that's for sure <laughs> um yeah it's, like i said last year um, i didn't ever pick that song thinking it was going to be this but um i guess the song comes with me now so um I mean, even at home in, in Vegas, I would hear random people saying it on the golf course. They'd play it in their speakers, and um, yeah, it's kind of all over. So, Gives you a good vibe. Uh, how about Dancing on My Own? Is it still going to be back in the clubhouse? Uh, I don't think so. Um, no? But you no. guys said that last year. Yeah, we did say that last year, but we did stink at the beginning. Um, we kept saying second place is better than last place where we were in, but um, I don't know if we, if we find something new that just as catchy i think we'll we'll change it but um we'll see what our dj has to say about that yeah so. and it's got to be right like uh, i know you guys wanted to find another one but it's got to be yeah, right you right? can't force it but yeah see what our djs have to say yeah and and a couple final questions kyle schwerber such a great leader i was reading about how he has kind of met each player on their level or found something that you guys really like i think he went to some wild place with nick castellanos like a psychedelic place right has he connected with you in a certain way and what makes him so special as a leader yeah, I think, I mean, we play ping pong all the time, um, ping pong or, or golf or, or anything. He's just as competitive on the baseball field as he is doing anything. Um, so I think just him having, wouldn't say 10 personalities, but um, he could be loud and obnoxious with me and Marsh, and then he could tone it down when he's talking to JT or, or Bryce or someone like that. But just him kind of being able to fit in with everybody is is huge and um nobody's ever afraid to go talk to him and he's not afraid to go up and talk to you and um even the latin players he gets along with and um i think that's what's so special about our whole clubhouse um we all mesh and it's the latin guys aren't going to dinner with the latin guys and we're not going to dinner with each other it's everybody comes with us and um i think it's it's a really fun clubhouse to be a part of, especially with how how close it is and there's no clicks at all. And um, I think that's what makes a clubhouse special. And, and I've seen teams in all sports where maybe guys just leave right away. They don't get along. Is that really a big deal? Yeah, I mean, you were with each other for eight months out of the season, so you better like each other. Um, but I think that's not an issue with this group and um, – I mean, guys hang out with each other in the off season and um like the team dinners are our team dinners it's 26 guys going out to eat and um you i don't think you see that very often um just being able to everybody connect and and kind of be on the same same wavelength is is huge and um yeah it's just i don't know if i want to be a part of a different clubhouse um it's just a special group in there Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Best of success this year. Thank you. All right. We are joined by Taiwan Walker. Appreciate you joining us. And you're going into year two with the Phillies. Yeah. Is there more of a comfort level coming down here this year after having the experience of year one? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially coming in last year with WBC. You know, I didn't get to spend all spring uh, with my new teammates and stuff. But, you know, 
the bond that we have, that we, we all grew together last year, coming in the spring, you know, everyone's happy, everyone's joking around. It's that comfort level is nice. And, and how about that? Last year, a lot of guys went to the WBC. Mm-hmm. Bryce wasn't here for the beginning, and yeah. so he missed a month and a half of the season. How good is it that everybody's kind of together, will be together, yeah. and then you're going to start out the season together and out of the gate? No, it's great, especially when everyone's healthy and we're starting out the gate like that. Um, obviously, it gives us confidence that everyone's healthy, everyone's happy, um, you know, and we're hungry to, to get going again. Yeah, how about last year, the way it ended? Yeah. Is there is there such a hunger because of how close you guys were? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously for us, I think it's heartbreaking, especially if we got two chances at home when we were so good at home in the playoffs. Um, for us, obviously, you know, we got the best fans in baseball. You know, they show up for us, and you know, for us not completing our job, especially at home, it hurts us. But you know, I think we're ready to get back after it again. What did you think of your first year in Philly? Uh, a lot of up and down, up and down. Um, you know. Uh, the positives, I was able to make you know, over 30 starts, you know, get some good quality innings uh, when I did, but a lot of inconsistencies and um, some things I need to work on. But overall, I thought it was, I thought it was decent, good, you know, not great, not bad, but just average. And have we seen the best of you in Philly? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think there was a period I had last year during the season, uh, but my goal is to have that period last all year. How much did you learn working with Caleb? And and do you think you'll be better for it and more chemistry with him going into year two? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, especially having an off-season, full off-season with him, uh, be able to talk about things. And, uh, you know, not only Caleb, too, but with JT and all the other Wills, Knowles, uh, you know, everyone. You know, we're able to talk through so many different things, how we set up hitters and whatnot. But, uh, you know, having Caleb for sure, I'm excited, you know, working on maybe a – harder curveball this this spring um and be tinkering with the splitter a little bit so the good thing about Caleb is he's so open to anything let's try it if it doesn't work you know we'll go back to what we're doing we saw you get into a groove there and you had a great stretch what did you find during that stretch that made you so successful uh I think it all started with my velo my velo was uh where it usually is uh or it has been in the past and I think everything plays off that I think when I'm 94 96 my splitter plays up the cutter the slider everything just plays up a little bit more and um, just I just was inconsistent with my velo last year. Do you think there was any reason for that? I mean, you were in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, there were a lot of things going on, new team. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know. I can't, like, really pinpoint. Um, you know, there were stretches where I felt really good, so good. You know, bullpen felt good, and I got in the game. I looked up, it's 91, you know. I'm like, okay, well, why? Um, so, I don't know, but, um, you know, this year came in a little bit. You know, put a little bit more muscle on, came in a little heavier this year, uh, stronger, definitely stronger. So I'm excited to see uh, see what that takes me. What did you learn being around Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and Ranger Suarez? What did you take from them? Uh, let's see. We'll start with Zach. I mean, with Zach, he's just 97 effort, no effort, just nice and easy. But uh, people, I think, forget how good he actually really is. Uh, he's got great breaking stuff. His fastball is obviously live, but... It's just his composure out there is so calm. Um, so even just watching that, you can learn a lot just from watching him on the mound. Um, doesn't speed up or nothing. Knowles, obviously, um, great. You know, really good. Um, got paid. You know, I think he deserved every single penny of it, too. And I think he's only going to get better. And a Ranger, I mean, that dude, he's a freak athlete, one. I mean, you see him on the mound. But the coolest thing about him is just he catches the ground ball. He's walking to the dugout. Now I'm looking at first and just flips it over out. <laughs> so, yeah, Mr. Automatic over there. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And, and they talk about Ranger and those guys having no heartbeat. Yeah. Are you that way or do you get amped up? Are you kind of up and down emotionally? Um, I can have moments where I get up and get pretty high. Um, you know, maybe something I need to work on, you know, letting some things that are out of my control affect uh, the way I pitch. Um, but again, that's, you know, I can pick, uh, you know, Ranger, Nola's and, and Wheeler's brain on that and just, you know, kind of talk to them. Hey, what do you guys think about, you know, what are you focusing on? Someone does something out of your control. What do you do? You know? So when you decided to sign with the Phillies, yeah. is there something that stands out in your mind that is different than what you thought it was going to be like, or something that's even better uh, that, that you didn't even realize when you signed here? Uh, well, the, when I signed, one of the first things I was excited about was to throw to JT, uh, obviously the best catcher in the game in my eyes. Um, I think a lot of guys' eyes. But um, just the team chemistry, obviously, was with the Mets two years before and just facing the lineup, it was brutal facing them, you know? It was uh, not an easy out anywhere in the lineup. And so to be on the right side of it um, was nice. And knowing, too, like, hey, if I give up, you know, early two, three runs, my offense is going to put up six, seven, eight runs, you know, so it's always good to have that confidence. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just the, the chemistry alone, I think, was the biggest thing. And you've mentioned working with JT a couple times. Yeah. Just how into it is he studying the pitchers and having something ready to go for you when, yeah. when you're having a start? Yeah, I mean, he, he makes our job way easier. All we got to do is go out there and let him put his fingers down, and we just, you know, everyone's so confident in him. Um, the work he puts in, you know, he's a great hitter, but he also puts twice as much work in as making sure that uh, us pitchers are, are ready to go. Yeah. And, and for you, Philadelphia and Citizens Bank Park, yeah. having pitched in the ballpark against the Phillies, but now experiencing the playoffs. Yeah. I remember, like, I saw your eyes a yeah. couple of times, and you're like, oh, yeah. wow, how impressive was it? I mean, there's so many special moments that we had. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing was I thought it was super cold. Wednesday day game, random day game, 40,000 fans. Like, you don't see that very much anywhere in the stadiums. Um, but that was cool. But uh, the coolest moment, and I saw a video a couple of weeks ago, was uh, Bryson Stott's Grand Slam, you know, the – fans uh chen is um his walkout song in first pitch grand slam and how electric that was and, but it was all all playoffs you know they, they didn't give up and so a lot of people remind me of wbc you know which is from pitch one to the last pitch yeah does, does that really get the adrenaline going when you have the fans 100 percent. yeah you get your goosebumps get the chills going like it gets you amped up gets you ready to play like you want to go run through a wall for them yeah now do, do you have a little chip on your shoulder the fact that you weren't able to pitch in in the biggest moments in the playoffs yeah i mean i I just wanted to be a part of the team's success in the playoffs. Um, you know, I felt like, you know, we win the whole thing and I don't pitch. You know, I feel like I didn't really contribute um, anything. And, you know, I, I definitely want to pitch in the playoffs. I, you know, felt ready to pitch in the playoffs. And um, for whatever reason, I didn't. Um, in the past, it is what it is. And I get better this year and, you know, give them no reason not to pitch me in the playoffs. You know, when, you, when you're working out in the offseason or maybe there's a day where you're just like, man, I can't get going today, does yeah. that stick in your mind? Like, I want to make sure the manager yeah. has to put me in and, and knows that I'm the best guy for this job. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, I, I really I want them, everyone to have a confidence in me to be like, okay, hey, Ty Stone, game two, three, or four, whatever game it is, and we know, okay, hey, we're going to win this game today. Yeah. You know, Ty's going to close it out for us, you know, game four, whatever it might be. So. You sent out a tweet about wanting to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, is everything cool with you and Rob Thompson? Everything's great. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm super competitive, competitor. Um, I have one playoff inning under my belt, and it wasn't good. And I've been sitting on it since 2017. So, um, but, yeah, everything's great with us. We talk a lot, you know, in the offseason and stuff. So, you know, it was in-the-moment type thing. You know, I was frustrated. Um, 
And but after that, you move on and you know get ready for next year. And you want to be out there in the yeah. biggest moments. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, final question for you: Is there anything you want to say to Philadelphia about uh, what they saw from you this year, maybe what they'll see this year in the second year with you in town? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna go out there every start and give it my all, uh, make as many starts as possible, and uh, you know, hopefully carry us you know to playoffs or World Series and you can win the whole thing. All right. Yeah. That's the plan. Yep. Thank you very much Thanks. for your time. Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm so